Hi, Gateway Church Dartford here. Thank you for tuning in to our podcast. We trust that what you hear will be a blessing and an encouragement to your journey. So, um, well, I don't really know what to say because a lot of the sermons already been covered today. You see, God, God brings things together, you see. We only decided last night while we were out for dinner on a, on a date that I was going to speak. And it only really came to me this week, you know, what I'd talk about. And then during worship, during communion, what Alex said, all these things, it just ties in. So God works. He brings, he brings everything together for good. It says in the word, it brings things together. So God is speaking this morning. So I encourage you to to, to really sort of receive what he's saying this morning. And he's talking about about unity. Amen. So two weeks ago, my lovely husband here talked about honor. Who remembers that, that, um, that, that talk? Yeah, honour. And does anybody, um, this is a hard one, does anyone remember one of the scriptures he used? It's all right. I mean, I didn't. I had to ask him. (laughs) But can I have the first slide, please? Um, Yeah, that's what we're going to be, that's, um, sorry, that's not actually the first slide. Um, No. No. No, it's the Ro- it's the Romans one. That's it. Okay, so love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honouring each other. Love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honouring each other. So we're going to be looking at that a little bit closely today, and the title of what we're doing today is friendship. Friendship, just in case you weren't aware of what friendship was. Ha. Yeah. And unity. This is my funky, hippie, peace, love, and unity thing there. Even my, my, my charms on my Crocs say, peace and love. So, yeah, love. So we're going to be talking about love, unity, and friendship this morning. So I want to look at our first scripture, and that is John 15, 12 to 13. You can look that up if you like, or you can just read it. Yep. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. That's pretty deep, isn't it? Yeah, he's saying here... I'm commanding you to love each other just the same as I've loved you. Bear in mind that the Son of God laid down his life for us. Yeah? And sorry, can I have it back up, please? Thanks. Greater love has no one than this to lay their life down for one's friends, just like Jesus did. So God has modeled friendship now. Again, this is another funny thing that's happened. Uh, the last minute, the worship team changed the first song. And I wasn't even there, you know. And it's changed to friend of God. Yeah, so 
we're going to cover that in a, a, you know, towards the end of the talk. But God's friendship is God's idea, and He's our friend, and we need to model what God does. You know, like Alex said, that yearning, that love that is, is, is inside all of us, that's been engineered by God to be inside all of us, has been put there to love him predominantly and to love one another as he has loved us. Yeah? So friendships in church. I want to talk about friendships in church this morning. Um, it's another friendship one there. Bit hippy dippy, and um, yeah. So, friendships in church. I want to think back to years ago. You know, Chris and I we've been through some things, and it was friendship in church. You know, alongside God, it was friendship in church. That unity, those covenant relationships, that got us through. I'm sure Chris would agree, and he's nodding his head at the back. And um, these things are very important. So, um, also, can I have another slide, please? And that's um, John thirteen thirty-five. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Now, so, so we've got, you know, sort of, we want to go out and evangelize, don't we? We believe that for the time being, we're in this school to reach the community. So we want to go out, we want to reach the lost, we want, to, we want to offer the hope of Christ, of the gospel to people. Now when people visit, when people come in, or even when they get saved, they are looking at us. The world is looking at the behavior of the church. It is judging, unfortunately, but that's how it is. But it is looking at how we treat one another. So that's, you know, we see, sadly, many scandals have, have unfortunately made it to the world's media and, you know, in other places about scandals that have erupted in churches in recent years, which is really, really heartbreaking. And all of it, at the heart of it, has stemmed from people treating other Christians badly. People, there are many people that you will find in society today who won't go near a church, not because of any fallout they've had with God, but because of how other Christians have treated them, which is, which is, which is again, is heartbreaking. Um, I don't know if Chris has told you this story before, but uh, Lindsay used to tell this story about two ladies in church. They went to the same church as each other and one Sunday they both turned up in the same dress and as a result they didn't talk to each other for 22 years yeah and the tragedy you know that they missed out on 22 years of possible friendship of all the things you know the list is endless of the things that they they might have missed out on eventually they made it up but all that time had, had gone past, all that wasted time. So it, that looks, and it looks pretty pathetic, really, doesn't it? And we don't want to be like that. So I want to encourage everybody this morning to go a bit deeper in your relationships with one another here at Gateway Church. I want to see firm relationships, strong bonds with you all so that you can support one another 
So um, Hebrews, I think we're on to um, Hebrews 10, 25, which is, and let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. And let us not neglect our meeting together, as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. So we, I, I guess all of us, I mean I do, I'm assuming everyone here really believes that Jesus is coming soon. Amen? I mean the signs are out there. We are living in a seriously wicked world. The word says that in the end times, people will, te- will, will call what is bad good and what is good bad. And we're seeing that before our eyes right now. And uh, uh, Jesus is coming soon and time is short. And the church is his plan to reach out to people. And the word says we will be known by the love we have for one another. It is an act of evangelism even to have these strong friendships, these strong bonds of love that people will see from the outside. You know, love attracts love. Friendship attracts friendship. If people walk into a church, now I'm not saying this church is like this, but there are are some where they walk into a church. I mean, here, people are made to feel welcome, but there are places where people are not made to feel welcome and they sit at the back, they slip through the cracks, and this is really, really sad. So, let me just gather my thoughts here. So, we need to know one another, and that's why this scripture is so important, and let us not neglect our meeting together, as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near now. This is harsh, yeah, but church has slipped down in people's priorities. That is a fact. Pretty much any church leader that you speak to, or even around the world, will say it's been difficult to get people back into church after the pandemic, after the lockdown. And um, I think, you know, lockdown has done a lot psychologically to people, and maybe that's part of it. I think people got used to online church, but I think online church serves its purpose when we're sick or we can't make it, but people are making a habit of online church. And that is why we don't do it. Well, one of the reasons we don't do it. And that is not gathering together. Yeah, you're being fed by the word. You might be joining in the worship, but you are not meeting together. You're not supporting each other. We need each other. We need church. Can we have the, the one here? We need to be in church. You might have seen that this morning. I sent it out on the group. We need to be in church We need to prioritize being in church. You see, because it's important for our walk with the Lord. When we're on our own, you know, we all know that the devil is a liar and he's whispering lies to us all the time. The word says that he's like a lion seeking who he may devour. And when we are on our own, we are weak. In Ecclesiastes, uh, let me just find it. In Ecclesiastes... um, I can't find it now. Um, in Ecclesiastes um, 4, 9 to 12, it says two are better than one. Because if one falls down, the other one can pick them up and vice versa. 
Now, that's not just about marriage, as a lot of people, you know, see it as, but that is about one another. When we're on our own, we are weak, but when we are with people, we can lift one another up, amen? When you're going through the, sh- you know, the shadow of death, we can lift one another up. When you're going through a breakup or something, we can lift one another up. When we're going through financial difficulties, we can lift one another up. We can bear one another's burdens. And the list is endless again of things that we can support one another with. But for that support to happen, we need to know each other. We need to be part of each other's lives. Because otherwise, we're not going to necessarily know that the one and others are going through a struggle. I, it would break my heart for somebody in this church to be going through something alone without anybody else in the church knowing. Because when somebody is going through something in this church, that's when we all need to rally around them and show them that they're not on their own. Show them that we're there for them. We might not be able to make it better for them. That's God's job. But he wants us to gather around and offer support. Friendship. Friendship involves family. We are a family. We need to behave like a family. You know, families fall out. Families, uh, we're free, you know, families, you know, we're all ourselves with our family, aren't we? And that's probably why families fall out. We're not putting on any pretense. We're just, you know, here I am the way I am with our families. And we can speak freely normally in our families. And I think that's why there are fallouts in churches, why people get hurt, because people just, speak freely and sometimes that's good sometimes that's bad but we need to be more familiar we need to be family we need to treat one another right and we need to have loyalty loyal to one another honesty patience kindness you can see where we're going here faithfulness gentleness goodness self-control the holy spirit when he comes upon us The fruits of his spirit come from us. They are evident. And that helps in friendship. When we are filled with the Holy Ghost, it is easier for us to get on. Amen. So spend some time getting to know one another. Maybe, you know, like we just sang, Spirit lead me where my feet, was it Spirit lead me where my feet could never wander. Let me walk upon the water wherever you may lead me. Is that the words? So, yeah, let me walk upon the waters, wherever you would call me. Take me deeper than my feet could ever wander. And may my faith be made stronger in the presence of my Saviour. Spirit, lead me. This is saying to God, this is a pretty strong statement, actually. This is saying to God, God, take me to the unfamiliar. Take me somewhere that's probably going to scare me. It's going to be something I've never done before. It's going to be a challenge. Spirit, lead me. Holy Spirit, lead me where my feet can never wander. Yeah? We're looking at the, you know, that song is, is based on the story when um, Peter saw Jesus walking on the water. When he was looking at Jesus, he could walk on the water. When he looked on the waves, that's when he began to, sunk, to, to, to sink. When we look to Jesus, we can cope. When we start to look at the situation, the waves, that's when we struggle. And, um, sorry, can I have a bit of water, please? Or my drink, sorry. Really, you have to 
Forgive me for this, sorry. So, spirit lead me into new friendships. Spirit lead me into relationships I've never had before. Spirit lead me into friendships with people I might not have in myself thought were likely to be my friend. Spirit, give me the courage to be challenged and reach out to people in this church. Amen? So that's my challenge for you today. To launch out and make solid, healthy, strong friendships together. Notice when people aren't here. Perhaps give them a text. Say, I missed you Sunday. How are you doing? Maybe meet up with them. Maybe for coffee. It's barbecue weather now. Have a barbecue. Let's do more things together as a church. Let's love one another. Amen. So I want to give an example in the Bible of a really solid friendship. So if you want, if you want to turn to the book of Ruth, thank you. Thanks, Carol. Now, Naomi and her husband, Elimelech, they were uh, Israelites. They were from Bethlehem. Now, in Israel, there was a famine. So they did the sensible thing, and they traveled to somewhere that had enough to eat. So they traveled all the way to Moab, so they had two sons called Marlon and Killian. Now, eventually Elimelech died, and his sons were married to two Moabite women called Orpah and Ruth. Then sadly, Marlon and Killian also died. And um, if you read the actual book itself, you'll see how poor Naomi, she, she really, really struggled. And by this point, there was also famine in Moab. So they were really struggling to, um, to survive. And then they heard that the famine was over in Israel. So Ruth decided that the sensible, th- sorry, not Ruth, Naomi, decided that the sensible thing would be to travel back to Bethlehem. So um, she said to the girl, she said, look, you're still young. You can go. I release you. Go and find new, go back to your family and get married again. You're still young enough to have children. And um, Orpah decided that that was the best thing for her, and she left. But Naomi said, she stayed, and she said, and you find this in chapter 1, verse 16. She says, don't ask me to leave you. Don't ask me to leave you and turn back wherever you go. I, wherever you go, sorry, I'm going to start again. Don't ask me to leave you and turn back. Wherever you go, I will go. Wherever you live, I will live. Your people will be my people, and your God will be my God. That's deep. She says, don't ask me to leave you and turn back. Wherever you go, I will go. Wherever you live, I will live. Your people will be my people, and your God will be my God. What a friendship. She's her mother-in-law, yeah? But these are friends here. That She's saying, wherever you, I'm not going to leave you ever. Wherever you go, I'll go. I'm even, you know, she was even prepared to give up her um, her religion as a Moabite to um, serve the true God of Israel. It's a beautiful example of true friendship. So they travelled back together in Bethlehem, and they settled down. And Naomi had a 
quite a wealthy relative called Boaz. You've probably all heard of Boaz. And um, he, you know, owned land and he had a field and they'd heard that you could go into the field after the harvesters had been, harvesters had been and take what was left. Now, that's a lot of fun. When I lived in Jersey, I lived on a farm. And after the um, Jersey royal potatoes had been harvested, we were allowed to go out and take what was left. So it was potatoes for months. <laughs> so anyway, this is what she was doing. She was going into the field and collecting whatever was left after the harvested had been. And after a while, you know, she asked if she could do it. You know, she asked the foreman, can I do this? And she had full permission and she's there with the others. And there's some sort of unscrupulous people there, some men, and it wasn't entirely safe. And Boaz noticed her and he said, who's this girl? And she found out who, he found out who she was. And he's like, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, she helped my relative, Naomi. She wouldn't leave her and she came back here with her. She, she's a good girl. I'm going to keep an eye on her. I'm going to protect her. So that's what he did. He protected her. And eventually, I think, he let her have access to, to more of his um, stuff and everything. And over time, they fell in love. And... Um, they got married and they had a son who was Obed and Obed was the father of Jesse. Jesse was the father of David who became King David. And that eventually was the lineage of Jesus. So look what happened here. God rewards friendship. God loves friendship. He invented friendship and he honors. When we honor others, he honors us. And um, I mean, this is amazing. You know, he doesn't have to do it, but he does it. And uh, here, I just want to find a scripture here. And this is in the book of Job. Um, in Job 42.10. Now, I only discovered this this week. And this blew my mind. After, so after Job had prayed for his friends, the Lord restored his fortunes and gave him twice as much as he had before. So he prays for his friends. And God honors that by restoring what he'd lost twice over. Now, for a bit of context, this is the last chapter in the book of Job. I am certain that you're all aware of what happens in the book of Job. Job loses everything, and these friends that we're talking about here weren't the best friends that you could have. They came and they sat with him and, and said dreadful things that made him feel a hundred times worse. God wasn't happy with it. And in this last chapter, he says to these people, I want you to, to burn an offering. So go to Job, you know, make this offering, and he's going to pray for you. And because of what he's done, not because of what you've done, I'm going to honor that prayer. And Job, I think there must have been an element of forgiveness going on there as well, because Job must have been feeling quite sore about what these people had done. But he still prayed for them, and God restored his fortunes and gave him twice as much as before. So sometimes in church life, we fall out a little bit. But there's, God honors that forgiveness because we know that we're commanded to forgive. God honors that forgiveness and the way that we pray for one another. I think that's pretty exciting. So on that note, I want to remind everybody about our prayer meetings. Coming up in June, we've got prayer and fasting. And every Wednesday is going to be a prayer meeting. We don't get a lot of people on Wednesdays. And life is busy, but you need to prioritize. 
that's 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 as much as it is life is busy we don't always want to go out on a wednesday but it's important because prayer is the backbone of a church and what an offer here god honors our prayers for one another just how he did for job it's the same god what he did for job he can do for us amen so i think that's a pretty cool incentive yeah amongst other things to go to a prayer meeting and i also want to remind the ladies tuesday oh sorry thursdays eight o'clock on whatsapp we're having prayer together as ladies um i had one person come last thursday which is really disappointing there are plenty of ladies here if you want to see change in your life if you want to grow closer to god get on board just send me a uh, send me a message and i'll add you to the group Amen. Because this is time to get serious. It's time to pray for one another. It's time to honor one another and grow in our friendships with one another. And to come together and pray is a good start. It's a good way of getting to know one another. Amen. So uh, let's get to this bit here. So God's first model friendship to us. That's what I said at the beginning. And I want to turn to the final slide which is John 15, 15. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I've called you friends. Wow. The God of heaven, the King of kings, the Lord of lords calls us friends. He called Abraham friend. He calls us friends. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I've called you friends. For everything that I've learned from my father, I have made known to you. That just gets me. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. That he calls us friends despite what we've done. He laid his life down for us. He went through the pain of the cross. He conquered sin and death and he calls us friends. He calls us friends. And we need to model what God does because we are Christians. Christian means follower of Christ. When we follow someone, we behave like them. So we need to behave like Jesus by loving one another as he's commanded us to to do putting ourselves out for people you know laying down one's life doesn't always necessarily mean that we're going to die for them but it may be inconvenient to be friends with people sometimes but that's good because that's true friendship amen so we must model this and again i, I just want to issue that challenge to this week think of someone in the church that you don't know that well and try and get to know them Let's start some real, true covenant friendships in this church. Amen. So God bless you. I want to just pray. Father, Father, in the name of Jesus, oh Lord, you call us friends. May we never, ever lose the wonder of that, Lord God, that you call us friends. And I pray, Lord, that you'll just help us to go that step deeper in trusting one another, in loving one another, in, in building true friendships, Lord. And I pray you'll bless those friendships, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless. Hey!